It was like the second I saw it, my instincts just kicked in. Uh oh, it's like a spidey sense, but yeah. for like really bad things. No, even when I went out, even when I got out and I got in my car and I was starting to go the other way, I'm like, there's something wrong out here. I can feel it. And then as soon as I turned around, I'm like, I knew it. Oh. I knew there was something. Like Wait, I've gone I, through it so many times. Did I say that wrong? Is does the spidey sense help you like find bad things or does it just like let you know that something's gonna happen? Spidey sense makes you feel like something's something's off. amiss. Yes. So it was technically then your spidey sense. I guess in a I guess in a but way. But more in like a, a different kind of I've way. I've gotta stay away from talking about Spider Man though. I've gotten I've gotten very You're obsessed. You're starting to get a little I'm obsessed. a little obsessed. Hello yeah. everyone. This <laughs> is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we're live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and then Available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. I do want to say thank you to everybody who goes to funemploymentradio.com and clicks on the Audible link. Oh, right boy. there at the top of the page. You click on that. You sign up. You get two free audiobooks. Greg, what are you listening to right now? Uh, right now, I'm listening to a new one from my guy who wrote the Bobaverse. Another new one? It's a different one, but it's not the Bobaverse one. Okay. So it's a. am trying to remember the name of it. I'll tell you what it's about. Uh, yeah, I know. We don't Let me guess. Go back. Is it set in space? It's not. I'm actually not in space this time for this book. That's kind of bizarre. Yes, Dennis E. Taylor is the author. And so this is like a brand new one that just came out. And it's about um, in a world, uh, in a world where uh, essentially what happens is called Outland. That's the name of it. And there's a there's a the super volcano and the Yellowstone erupts, and then at the same time there's scientists working on parallel universes and there's a parallel universe that people can get into because the super volcano could really destroy humanity. Oh boy! Yeah, I've already lost you. Anyway, yeah. that's one. If you're interested in that, you can go there and click on that. Also, don't forget to pick up from Cemetery Dance Publications. The Zombie Who Cried Human. Oh, what a wonderful publication and book that is. It is indeed, mm. and uh, of particular note. Well, the book is really the standout in it, but also the narrators are pretty great, too. Yes. They are indeed. And we love Cemetery Dance Publications, and mm-hmm. uh, you may recognize two of the narrators on that one. Maybe uh, both of them. Because maybe both. Because they're us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so go to <laughs> funemploymentradio.com, click on the Audible link. Also, coming up today, we have a very special guest who's going to be joining us. Yes. So we're going to be joined by um, our buddy Craig Marcuto. We haven't had him. You know, I was just realizing the last time that we had him in studio was when he was escorting... Gallagher. That's right. I totally that forgot about years that. Ago. And then he referenced it. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about that. Gallagher, yes. And the also, Gallagher. I totally forgot that we had Gallagher on the show. Yeah, Watermelon Smashing Gallagher. He was bonkers. He was. I he think was. he nodded off a little bit during the interview. I think so. Um, but that was still. Fascinating to have him in here. But uh, also, Craig. Yeah, so Craig's <laughs> going to come in and talk about this uh, ice cream festival thing that he's doing that's coming up uh, next week in July 20th and 21st called the Scooper Fest. The Scooper Fest. Scooper Fest. And uh, also, we're going to talk to him about. Um, I want to thank him again yeah. for getting me my tickets. I was going to say, let's uh, bring, on the blog. bring that part up. Yes, yeah, so yeah. there's backstage. And I want to know because I kind of want to know the backstory. Or not backstage, but you got, to, you got the meet and greet. Yeah, there was no backstage. I got as close to backstage as was humanly possible. As the security guard. Actually, allow. no, technically, I was backstage because the, uh, like, the celebrity, like the secret meet and greet thing was next to their dressing rooms. Oh, wow. But it's I mean, I'm, really awkward you know, that you're making sure that you knew to say that too. Well, I did. I saw the signs. It said like dressing NKOTB dressing room. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, we're mm-hmm. right there. Yep. Well, uh, that is. Thanks. Yeah. No, I'm feeling really <laughs> creepy. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I think that episode's actually still uh, pinned to the top of our Twitter page. 
of our Twitter account. I, I pinned it up there. So uh, what are con- <laughs> contrasting Recounting of the, yeah. uh, recounts of the yeah yeah recounting very, of- two very different versions? But yeah, Craig uh, helped Sarah. Uh, get those meet and greet tickets. So he's, we'll also talk about that for sure because I want to know about that connection that he has to Tiffany. Is it? I think yeah. Tiffany. Somehow, okay. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll get into or all a manager of this. or something. Yeah, I want to know. All right. Well, Craig will be joining us here in just a little bit. But to talk about what I was bringing up at the beginning of the show, if you're a longtime listener of this show, you know that I have had many, many encounters with meth heads. Uh, in particular, it's been a while though. It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been actually kind of a quiet year. You've been for like me. wonderfully meth free for a while. Uh, well, and that's <laughs> now you're making it sound like I'm the one on meth. <laughs> that's not the issue. I've never been on meth, but I've somehow I attract that kind of crazy element. Like no matter what I do, no matter where I go, especially in this city in Portland, I end up somehow near them. Uh, at all times. And let's be fair, like a lot of places in Portland, wherever you are, you do end up just in general near a bunch of methy people. That's fair too. Uh, but Other, it, like but I mean, wonderful it's people of, too, but also a lot of, oh yeah. a lot of methy people. But they're out there. And, and like even my, my entire time being in Portland, that's always been the case. No matter where I've lived in the city, it ends up, oh, what is it? End? Whoa, lo and behold, moved next to meth heads. Mm-hmm. Didn't even realize it. So maybe it's me. Actually, they've usually been there first. And then what I is you? You're kind them. of a beacon. They're just like, all right, well, we've left that Greg guy alone for, alone for too long. Yeah. Somebody needs to get into his vicinity again. Has someone gotten into your... Well, that's what I want to get to. the meth house? I want to... No. Nobody's moved in. So in case anybody doesn't oh, know, I own God, a home no. in Southeast Portland. No. I have a... Uh, live in the attic, a uh, converted attic. By the way, it's not just like an attic where you like pull down... Somebody's got to pull down the ladder for me and then I scurry up there. All right, getting a little rusty. You said attic and not converted attic. It's a converted attic. Okay. Converted attic. So it's, it's fully... You know, there's carpet and everything. And, uh, and a, sounds like you're roommate. bragging now. <laughs> I've got carpet. There's there's like two small windows too, so 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 I live there. But I then I bought this house a long time ago, and for about a little over a decade, maybe more, I lived next to meth heads. I shared a fence with them, many many battles with them, studying them, being in close. Close vicinity, close yeah, proximity, close proximity yeah. yeah, to what uh, to what has gone on there. I feel like I understand the the creature that is the meth head to some extent, just by my observations of them, you know, dismantling things and uh, uh, then you know turning their backyard into a rat's den and all kind of you know all, all, everything that goes with that. Okay, yeah, because I when I was assuming you said something's back, I thought that you meant that. Well, so they moved out. I had the Russian mafia move in next door. I think I can say it now. Am I safe? And uh, and then they moved out, and now it's just rats. Rats live there, and that's you know hence how we had Black's Pest Services become a fine sponsor. Was when I was talking about that. It's a rat den next door to my house, literally a rat den. Yeah. And uh, Black's Pest Services has helped me keep them at bay. They, they can't control everything on that side of the property, but they've kept them at bay. They've created. But they a can nice, control your property. Yeah, yeah. basically a, a virtual rat wall. That they've they've created for me to keep them away from my house, and they've done a great job. Black's I don't think pest you should services. call it a rat wall. Oh, it's not really a rat it wall. It sounds like a wall made out of rats, and that's not well. Virtual. It's wants. an imaginary rat wall. Really, it's bait stations. But <laughs> but they've been able to keep keep them at bay mm-hmm. from my property. They're my they're my knights, my rat knights. That's probably not what they want to be called either. Uh, but Black's pest Maybe, services. Maybe I don't know. They're they're wonderful and strange. They are. They're, that could be the highest compliment. They are wonderful and strange. Maybe Derek is just saying there. He's like, I've always been wanted. I've wanted to be called that. Yeah. Well, I would be fine if that's how people described our podcast. Wonderful and strange. 
I feel that's that's adequate. I like those, yeah. I yeah. like those two adjectives. Yeah, that works really well. So anyway, blackspestservices.com. Uh, you can go there and set up an appointment to get your own rat wall. Or that's, again, not what not okay, their words. Let's move forward. I'll stop stop marketing in that way. Uh, so so uh, so anyway, that that now that's what's going on over there. But I've also had the street side where I've had through the years, and I was thinking about this this morning, and I'm going to get into what happened. It, so many different times I've had people live out in front of my house. And I mean in vehicles. There was a There have tr- been multiple times. So many. But most importantly, most notably, is like that orange van guy. There was orange van guy that was Who out had, there. Oh, who's my. famous. He look was up, famous. Look up Portland Orange Van. Uh, just Google that wherever you are right now, and I bet it will come up. There's been artwork created about that guy. Uh, yeah, that dude lived in front of yep, my house. Yep, it's the first thing. It's all the images and, and yeah. <laughs> Google images. Yeah. I mean, there's so many incredible, su- such incredible artwork. So like this- that guy that was great, but then there was the other ones. Was he great? <laughs> Well, no, he wasn't great at all. Actually, it was it was not good in any the sense of the word. Opposite of great, but I mean, as far as comparatively, because there was the other guy that lived in his truck in the back of his like pickup truck, and he lived there for like I don't know a couple of weeks, and then when he decided to move, he just opened up the the canopy of his truck and dumped all of his shit out onto my property. I forgot, and then just took off. Yep. I was like, oh, thanks, pal. Thanks, pal. So there was that guy. There was. Um, the, um, wasn't there the couple with the matching RVs? The, the dual van. No, the van. there was there was a van lady with the RV uh, across the street. Yes. Or no, there was that, that was a van as well. I believe it was the dueling van. It was two vans. Yes, who were in loving love, Giant but vans. then they would like swap, like yeah. stay in each other's vans. Yeah, the one lady showed up and she was there for like a week, and then all of a sudden there was another broken down van across the street, and yeah, they were dating each with their broken down vans. Parked directly across the street from me, and they would travel back and forth. And Greg means dating in, in the way you think that it means. They were together. They found they, love across the street. In many, many places on either side of the street. Yeah, directly in front of my house. Oh, yeah, Courtney says, don't forget about the random trailer that was left for weeks in front of my house. That maybe somebody legally distinct from me happened to open up. Just no, it just kind of swung there. open by itself. It was ghosts. Yeah, it was ghosts. Mm-hmm. I was just happened to be standing right there, and it opened up by itself, and it was full of garbage and probably body parts. Probably we'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Anyway, now we have this. So today I wake up and I'm like, something's something's off. Something's wrong out here. It's been too quiet for too long. Things so like have something in, in the air is like when you just kind of feel like, you know, something really good's going to happen or yeah. the opposite of that. Yeah. And so those senses and I'm looking around and I feel it and I look down the street as I'm turning around in my truck getting ready to go to work. I'm like, there it is. Street completely empty except for a nice brand new, except it's not new, RV parked directly across the street from, from my your house. house. Oh no. It's set up. It's got the coverings on the windows. So somebody settled in there for the night. It looks like one of those ones where I'm like, okay, they're gonna be here for a while. And I believe that's what I'm at. I'm they're at the start down. of a new one of a new Wait, and don't person. you have somebody, weren't you telling me about there's an abandoned car on the other side of your There is an house. abandoned car on the other side of my house. Actually, I forgot. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah, there is an abandoned car that's been there for probably about three weeks and that is uh, that was parked across. That's still there. It's It's been there for about three weeks. I don't think anybody's living in that one. It's relatively clean for an abandoned car. Yeah. So it's probably stolen. Um, and it's people have been notified that it's there. Okay. Yeah. 
But yeah, there's that on the one side, and now, yes, but this, the RV. But this, you know, and you know from everything that has ever happened to you that no RV just stays there for a day. No, it does not. I mean, I've gone down this, that's what I wanted to say. And particularly, like, like, right now, your neighborhood's pretty quiet because school's out. Uh-huh. There aren't, like, children running around. Right. Right. Yeah, so it's... There's really nothing to draw attention to them? Yeah. Oh. It's, so it's... It's happening again. And I've gone down this road so many times. I forgot about the diff- different various RVs, too. This is going back even years. The Method neighbors had some friends with an RV, and they parked around the corner of my house and then drug because they didn't want to park in front of their own house. So they they drug power electric cords, like multiple extensions strung together, oh, yeah. drug it across my front lawn in order to power their RV. So they like, thought over. they were really getting away with something there. They're like, yeah. oh, they, you can't tell that we're the meth like, no. RV because with we're the... just clearly across the street. No, and well, like I wouldn't like like that wouldn't bother me that they're dragging power cords across my lawn to power their RV because they don't want to park park it in front of their place. Like no, um, so that there there was that before. So yes, I've had the RV experiences as well, and now this is back. It's just bringing back all these memories. Like it's just flooding me with the memories of all the times that I've gone through this. And I was trying to think, like... Well, it have... is summer. I mean, well, technically. At technically, some point, yeah. it's going to be summer. Right, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a little cool here in Portland. Um, but I'm trying to think, like, have I learned anything from all of my experiences with this? Because I should have a plan put together. I think that what you should do is you should just go up to their window and be like, Howdy, neighbor! How... So... Maybe make them some muffins or something. Oh, but, no, if I make them food, that's... Do you think that would work? Like, because the goal is, you know, I don't really want them. Maybe up they camp don't right want there. to be drawn. Like, maybe it would work. Now, I was just saying that jokingly, but also now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it could work because they clearly don't want to be noticed. That's true. Maybe. They don't want to be noticed. And to explain to you before we get the emails of you know people housing and stuff, and I understand that, but the ones that have always been in front of my house, uh, that one lady chased me down the street. Um, they leave. It's been not good. It's garbage and needles everywhere. Garbage and needles. Yeah. yeah. So I just rather not, and and I think that's okay. So yes, okay. So you think I should go the approach of just being like overly, like over the top? Well, I don't know. Like excited you, almost. I mean, they haven't done it. Technically, they have done nothing wrong. No. So far. So far. Again, this is relaying relying on my experience. Where no, I'm like, I, I know where this. I know is you're going. having a knee jerk reaction right now because. You know, like every time, even though I'm saying this could be different, you know it's probably not going to be. The only problem with it being, I mean, it could be different this time. It's just my experience is 100% of the time it's not. That's my, so I'm only going on my experience. Mm-hmm. And it's usually not. So, okay, so you, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should, I mean, other than, you know, do nothing and sit there and relax, because that's not my style, uh, what should I do? I mean, it is always nerve-wracking to have somebody parked right outside of, like, your place that you live in with, like, holes to see, you know, in front of your windows. They can see your inside mm-hmm. of your house and see when you're not there. Holes, or... You mean my windows? Yes. Mm-hmm. Would... The holes into the, the inside. The holes in my house. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I mean, technically, they're holes. Yeah, but they're, well, they're not really holes, though, because there's a window there covering them up. So you couldn't go through it. Yeah, but you always leave your blinds open. I do. Would that you count that as a hole into my house? Well, I mean, they can see into an it. Eye hole. Into it is my like house. an eye hole, it's like an a peephole. Yes, it's a giant peephole. Well, I mean, I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way, you could describe it as that. So, 
So maybe it, maybe I do go try that approach because I've never done that. Where I just go out and I I bake them something. I don't bake anybody anything, but I bake them something. You know, I'm looking in the chat and Courtney yes, says I some, need some advice. So Courtney says, "Sounds like Sarah's trying to get Greg on PDX alerts again." Yeah, that just gave me a thought. What? We should get a hold of our buddies at PDX Alerts. Yes, we do know some of the secret people behind PDX Alerts. Some of the secret people, and you should ask them for their advice on what you should do. Oh. Because, I mean, those are the pros. They are the pros. They know everything that goes on in this city. Technically speaking, like, they know, like, how, you know, things can, how to make things maybe not end as poorly as they should. This or they could. True. Yeah. Okay. I can kind of see where you're going with that. Um, that might be that might be a good way to go about it. So I could actually just just call them and say, hey, or, or write them and say, hey, you know, do you have make, any advice? Yeah, do you have any advice on this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can see where that would that would be of assistance. I mean, because you have to go to the expert. Like clearly, I'm not an expert with people camped out in front of my apartment, so I I don't know for sure. I don't know if they'd encourage me to do that. Okay, um, so there's a lot of people saying don't don't bring out food, uh, don't hand over food, don't give out food because they'll never leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, could, that be, could be the issue. That could be the issue. Okay, well we will think about that here and and try to figure it out, and um, and see see what we can do. All right, I know we've got our guest who's going to be arriving here any minute, uh, who I believe was just uh, trying to buzz up. We'll have to have him buzz up one more time. Um, but yeah, but that's that's a good idea. I think consult PDX Alerts, get their idea, and if you have any advice. Those of you listening to the show, please write me and let me know. You can write on Twitter at FunEmpRadio or send us an email, FunEmploymentRadio at gmail.com, any of those sources, and let us know what your advice would be on this situation. And I will keep everybody up to date. I will keep everybody up to date on what's happening and uh, and how it how it goes from there. I kind of want to like ride my bike by your house just to see if it's still there this afternoon. Uh, it's the first thing I'm thinking Do about. Do they have like the window home. blockers and everything They have on? the window blockers set up, which usually means they're settling in. For a long, long stay in front of, uh, in front of the Nibbler down. household. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what it, what it usually means to me. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But, I, again, I'll keep everybody up to date. Send us, send us the advice. All right, let's go ahead and take a break because I know our guest is uh, going to be coming up. So Craig is going to be joining us talking about Scooperfest and also how the hell he got Sarah to somehow be able to meet New Kids on the Block. Yeah. How that all worked. That was magic. Yeah. That well, that was. I kind of I never really questioned it because it just happened. So I kind of want to know like the steps that were taken. Yeah. How exactly that worked out. All right. Let's do that, and uh, we'll be back here in a minute with more Fun Employment Radio. Back up. Comedy Radio and do all these spots, whatever else. And is this on air? Yeah. Or is this an on-air conversation? Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. Okay. Welcome back to Fun Employment Radio. Joining us now, (laughs) (laughs) it's Craig Marcudo. Hello. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. All right. I care. He'll tell us. I just wanted to make sure. Stories. All my friends. You know. <laughs> no. So I saw. So and that was the end of our relationship. We had already decided to part ways, and then he just decided that because he still owes me some money for some shows that he did, and but then I did this big deal, and he just decided, you know, he's good. Oh, he's, he's good. Yeah. yeah. Like, we figured we were straight at that point, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no so, Gallagher. So we wound up going in. It was it was a weird scenario. But then the funny thing is, he calls me like. Uh, couple months later and he's like so I got this thing and he just he'll just call, and that was a thing five years of every day I get a phone call going so see if you can call Jeff Bezos I'd like to get a meeting with him because I think he's interested in my family reunion uh, idea he had this goofy thing with his family reunion build a build, big building and all these fam- like everyone want to sleep in the same bed and I'm like no no one, <laughs> no one wants to do that but somehow Jeff Bezos is going to want to be into that right. and I'm like 
I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what kind of power you think wow. I have. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I have I have an in with the new kids on the block, but I don't yeah. have kid in, in, in with Jeff Bezos. But <laughs> I mean, I I have limited amount of power. I use it for good, not for evil. So. You did use your power. So what, we'll start with that, and then we'll go to Scooper okay. Fest. So I want to talk about that. Yeah. Or is that going to melt? Or uh, is that something right. that melts? All right. I don't know what it is. Technically, it can melt. <laughs> so we were talking. Uh, so I had posted this thing on Facebook, like, but like a month and a half ago now. Right. Because I was finally like, all right, I'm getting the chance to see New Kids on the Block, you know, 20 years late. Was it 20? 30. Oh, my God. It was 30 years later. 30 years. That's bad. I grew up down the street from those guys. I know. So this is, I want to know all the connections. So basically I wrote on Facebook just like kind of a, like a Hail Mary, just like, hey, if anybody has any uh, like connections whatsoever, if my sister and I could meet New Kids on the Block, that'd be great. And like lots of people were tagging people. And then Craig was like, he, Greg didn't write on it. He just sent me a message. He's like, I'm pretty sure that I could get you in. I'm like, what? What? What does that mean? And then. Well, my first contact was I'm friends with Tiffany's manager. Okay. So that's what it was. So I reached out to Tiffany's manager and he's kind of a douche. And, uh, <laughs> but he's a nice enough guy. Well, it's the thing is, so, and I mean, no offense by any of this, but he's a gay guy who represents only female uh, directors. Okay. And artists and whatever else. But he's so annoying because all he does is. That TV show, they'll announce a TV show. That one doesn't have enough female directors. That doesn't have enough female. I'm like, we get it, man. Do you have any other platform that you would like to discuss? And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I've hired your people a dozen times. Get off my back. So anyway, so I was talking to him and I said, you know, what do you think we could do with this? And he goes, well, it's not really Tiffany's show. It's really New Kids of the Block show. Yeah. And, you know, so it's really, they're kind of running it. And it's a stupid mixtape idea and whatever else. Um, it was a genius mixtape idea, I, Craig. That's what, did that? Did you play it back? That's exactly what yeah. I said. That's, uh, and uh, so then he's like, she's not really her thing, but whatever else. And he's like, well, I can maybe give it to the publicist. And, and so that's how we went through. And then that kind of slowed down. And then I, uh, I still had, I still had Donnie Wahlberg's phone number. So I texted him and he's like, oh, let me see what I can do. And then the publicist magically calls me like five minutes later. And I'm like, okay. So, um, and then so Craig is CCing me on these things. I'm like, this can't be real. And so, like, I'm seeing this with this publicist, with their publicist. And she's like, all right, yeah, let me see if I can do it. And he's like, hey, to appreciate be clear, it. it's probably a publicist assistant's assistant that's emailing us. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. But it was somebody in that family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure nobody in charge was involved with this process <laughs> at all. It was like, Donnie's calling us about somebody. Just take care of it. But, uh, yeah, so then they uh so they uh so they finally were like, "Yeah, it should be all right." But but the weird thing is since it was on a weekend, they kind of leave you hanging. You right. On the Friday. Yeah. And I'm like, and so I told her I'm like, "Listen, you never know." And I'm like, "I don't know if these people what these hours are. I don't know if these publicists are working on the weekends. I we might not get a response back." I said, "But, you know, they're saying." And then sure enough, I sent another email Sunday morning? It was, yeah, because the show was Sunday, yeah, Sunday, and so you had confirmed by, so Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah, so Saturday morning, and I was, I mean, I was genuinely surprised they actually responded back on a Saturday, and then like, oh, yeah, you're good, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then so he sent me that, I'm like, oh, my God, and then I kind of cried maybe a little bit, and then I was so excited, (laughs) and my sister was so excited, we're like, okay, God, this is happening. But you know, I didn't do it for you, I did it for Greg. I know. Because I knew he was going to be there, (laughs) and I knew he would be embarrassed if right. if he if you saw how excited he was oh, yeah, to be excitement. at the show, oh yeah. So just... the fact that he was able to enjoy it by himself yeah. without you calling him right. out on that, I felt was really. When I was... It's a man thing. You wouldn't understand. He had yeah. he had the greatest yeah. time up in when the rafters. Inducted. In, <laughs> yeah. What was it? I was inducted. The single into? moms. The, club. Single moms. The club. estrogen hall of fame. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yes. 
It was uh, that was an experience. So that was bizarre. I don't know if you heard that, but like, so basically, the publicist got my phone number, and so we're waiting in the line with all the other like the crazy ass new goods on the block people who were like following them around the world. That's what we found out. Like, even the normal looking ones were bonkers. And then when we got the call, they're like, "Oh, just come to the front of the line." I'm like, "Oh, Heather, everyone's gonna hate us." No, I uh, so I bounced around a lot when I was younger because I was emancipated at 13. So in my senior year of high school, I actually went to this uh, residential type school that was right down the block from where Donnie and Mark and all the others lived. And I was actually friends with Paul of all the kid, of all the brothers, uh, the chef. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> so the funny thing is, Mark grew up to be a rapper. And they were racist. Like, that, like I grew up in Boston. Boston is not a racist town, really. I mean, yeah. like, the Irish and the Italians hate each other. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. But black, Hispanic, anything else. I mean, because it's a college town. So people are there from, they say if you walk downtown Boston, two out of every three people you pass is a college student. And they all come from all over the world. Mm. I had roommates from, my, I had a roommate named Uwe from Lomitogo, Africa. And my other was Ben Fatih from, uh, I'm using full names here. No one's going to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ben was from Iran, and I had another guy. For, so I was from everywhere. So it was really so very hard multicultural. To, yeah, to have like a racist type of thing going on. So the fact that these guys were like, I mean, they were hardcore hated anybody wasn't them kind of thing. And I'm like, you guys well, then are, they kind of poached are, that entire identity from the right. people that they're and then they became, about. you know, that, that that was so weird. It was so weird. I mean, I have no idea what they're like now in that regard, but it was bad back then. Like, yeah, there was a few times we kind of almost squared off because I had some black friends that they were, you know, mouthing off to. And that you know. is bizarre. Yeah, it was weird. So was this before they were in like they in had, all their perspective? They were just getting that. They were just I mean, I used to date uh, Jordan Knight's cousin. Um, and, uh, and we went out on a date. We went to, uh, 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 what do they call it? The, uh, the, the, where they do the Boston Pops. Um, oh, the symphony? It's been like so that. long. So, man, I'm, I was born in Boston. I can't even remember the name of these places now. But anyway, we went down to the park and, and I, as a joke, I got a bunch of new kids suck shirts. And, <laughs> and so we jumped up on the band shell stage, uh, uh, and then we did this whole, oh, 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 and as we turned around, it said, new kids suck. She was not amused. Um, I would. But, uh, it's her yeah. brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was her cousin. Her cousin, but, yeah. her cousin Still. yeah. But, uh, you know, but Jordan's a cute one, she was, so she was cute. She was, uh, you know. He was very thing. nice. They were all, like, quite dreamy in person. No, I mean, most of them are, I mean, even Donnie. I mean, they're, they're, all, they're all super kind. That was the one that wasn't there. Well, you know, yeah. but I was. I, but I he had was a good. Okay he had a good that. excuse. He did. He was but, at uh, his kid's graduation. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I knew you would know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, they, that, yeah. It was a big deal for for that. So, which is cool. So, I mean, how did you know Tiffany's manager? Uh, he d- represents a lot of um, directors, and I was in the movie business for twenty years. So, gotcha. Uh, Mary Lambert, who directed Pet Cemetery, the original, is oh. one of his clients. Oh, very cool. Um, so nice. I've worked, I've worked with uh, some of his people before. So that's uh, and then and of course I always. Tease him, and I'm like, you know, and I said, and if you want to set up a date with me and uh, 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 Debbie Gibson while she's in town, I wouldn't complain. And he's always like, she's crazy, but she's single. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, that pretty much describes most of my dates. So I feel like, and it describes like, you a little bit too. I feel like that would go right in line. You know? It's perfect. So you have done many things over the years. We started with Gallagher, then uh, we like go back. Did to, we start with Gallagher? We did start with Gallagher. We started strong. We started with no. We didn't start with Gallagher. No, we started, started with the, the music, awards. music oh, awards. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. funny. So yeah. So and, and which is funny because. Every 
every time I end up doing something from scratch, I get a lot of guff. You know, they're like, oh, he's going to do it. It's going to be some mode. And I'm like, wait, nothing I've ever done is, has been bad in that way. Matter of fact, when Sarah and I first met, her and Jay Horton uh, oh, from Jay. Willamette Week would, were showing up particular, just specifically to pick on it. That was their whole goal. Was it was just the to chick, mess and he was it. okay with it because they're like, all right, hey, we're just going. Yeah. And you're just like, and then she got to meet a Baldwin, and everything changed. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. a story. Do you remember that story with him? Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. so many. So many. So many stories. with him and Jay? There was... Oh, no, no. I mean, like, when yeah. he was on my couch. Uh, after... That guy was something. He's He lives in New York now. He's I think he's remarried. He's 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 a piece of work. Yeah. And then I got to meet, <laughs> through the Pammies, I also got to meet Tom Scarrett. Yeah. That was, that was cool. It was, yeah. Tommy Tom Two-Tone. But Tom Scarrett yeah. was, Tom Scarrett was, I was really weird how much the crowd was into him. Like, they were I mean, all yelling out Top Gun fences. references. <laughs> right. Like, like, Viper! You know, doing that. I mean, it was weird. I mean, he's been in some iconic movies, though. Sure. And television I mean, shows, Picket Fences, Hello. But, but the, oh, yeah, But the too. thing with him, and, and of course, I'm talking out of school, but the event's done, so... Uh, what was weird with Tom? So we b- flew to Tom down. He lives in Seattle. We flew him down, and he does. And he, then he calls me up midday, and he's like, uh, "So we're." And he was at the Heathman that I put him up at, and he's like, "Yeah." And he said, "So is it like a masseuse coming?" <laughs> and I'm like, uh, "Tom, I'm there. like in the middle of we're <laughs> setting up. I don't really have time." And yeah, sure, yeah, we'll we'll get you set up. And of course, there's no masseuse anywhere within that area. Hotel didn't have anything, so I'm like, "Tom, can you go to this location?" They'll take care of you there. He's like, oh, okay, whatever. So I had a driver pick him up. She goes up, give him a whole schedule, a rundown of what he's supposed to do that night. Because usually the hosts make multiple appearances over the course of the night. And each of the celebrities that we'd bring in had a body man. Some of that was just assigned to them the whole time. That yeah. way we can find them wherever they were. Right. Keep track of them. And uh, so finally he does his first thing on stage and then he comes off. And then I get a text from the guy we assigned to him saying, yeah, I'm driving him back to the hotel. He says he's tired. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, what? What's happening? And so he and we had breakfast scheduled for the next day, and I'm like, how do I tell Tom Skerritt, dude? What the hell, man? And I'm like, you, you're leaving right after. So Baldwin yeah. stepped in and filled in for for the rest of the night. And I'm like, I'm like, how do you you thought I was bringing you all the way down for like eight minutes on stage? And I'm like, <laughs> oh man. And and he gen- and then I had breakfast with him. He goes, oh, I didn't know that. And I would have stayed. And I'm like. Why don't I believe you? And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I, I mean, it's a smooth move on his part, yeah. I guess, if you don't want to do it. Just be like, nah, that's yeah. it. Heathman, I'm free checked. massages. Like, I'm going back home. Yeah. Well, the worst one was, uh, who's the guy from, I can't remember his name now, the guy from uh, Grimm, not the main guy, the second guy. I don't know. I don't know. Played I the never watched that show. Direwolf guy or whatever it was. So anyway, so he was hosting the show that year with Chloe Hauser from KPDX, and he calls me up um, middle of the day, and he's like, Greg. I can't do it. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I'm terrified. I'm like, terrified of what? And he goes, I can't be on stage in front of all those people. And whatever. I'm like, you did theater. I don't. <laughs> you're an actor. Yeah. What are you talking about? And he goes, Baldwin's there. You let him do it. I'm like, no. And so what we wound up doing is we wound up cutting down his script uh, exponentially so that he didn't have to talk as much. I'm like, tell you what, you'll have a couple of quick lines and then just talk about what, what you love about the Portland music scene. And he got there. He seemed fine. Yeah. And then he went up on stage and he was okay. But then he comes back and he is just sweating. And I'm like, go home, man. And I'm like, I don't know what oh, to tell you. Wow. <laughs> but then I bumped into David Guintoli at a Michael Bublé concert. and uh, Oh, that's the one that popped up. I wasn't yeah. sure if that so was the one. So it's the other guy. Okay. Uh, second lead. And uh, and Guintoli was like, yeah, I wanted to do that. And he yeah. said, because we asked him first. And, uh, and he's like, but I was in California doing this thing. And he said, and I told him what happened. He goes, yeah, that sounds like him. <laughs> and I'm like, 
He did theater. And he goes, smaller rooms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, okay. I mean, because last also time. Also different if you have, I guess, if you're not used to that kind of. He had a script. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, like, it's not like he was winging it out there, but right. it was weird. It well, was the last weird. Portland Music Awards, they were at the Crystal Ballroom, right? Yeah, the last, seven, so that last was like, six were there. Yeah, So I did the first one. Yeah. I did the first one at the uh, Roseland, um, which is weird. So. Everything that I have done, whether it's I, I had the Music Spectator magazine because I felt like the only music publications at the time were well, I'm Week and Mercury, and mm. they didn't care about anybody who wasn't an indie band you've never heard of before. And uh, and I remember when I started the magazine, I was at a Billy Joel concert covering it, and it was just me and a dude from the Oregonian. And the dude from the Oregonian had like I had camera envy, man. He was like this giant. Huge, whatever. But they let us up so close, I could have untied Billy Joel's shoes while he was playing. That's and, awesome. And I got like a, and I swear to God, this is how bad it was. I had a little Nikon Coolpix camera. I loved my Nikon Coolpix. And I'm and I'm taking, yeah. and I'm next to Those this dude awesome. with like th- this telephoto lens that could have seen up his nose. And I'm like, <laughs> that seems like overkill, but whatever. <laughs> and so then when we were done, we exchanged cards, and he was mad because when he published. They, all they let him publish is one black and white photo in the Oregonian. And I had a two-page full-color spread. And I'm like, but nobody cares about Billy Joel in the Willamette Week and the Mercury because, you know, generational or whatever the case may be. And I'm like – and so that was the point of that, which is I wanted to create a magazine that could be a little more of a wide swath. Mm. Um, I mean, we covered a lot of indie guys and whatever else. I mean, we interviewed Foo Fighters and Colin Malloy for the cover and different stuff in addition to some of the bigger names. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton and 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 Ingrid Michaelson and Amy Lee from Evanescence and a bunch of others. Oh, cool! But uh, but then from that came the Music Awards and it was just sort of like a we should do a year end thing. So that'd be cool. Right. Oh, what should we do? Well, I mean, you know, maybe we can give out like an award and the award would be like a magazine cover. We'd put them on and then frame it and give it to them. That would be the president. That, that the present. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I'm like, well, if we're gonna do that, we should have like a, a presentation. Well, if we're gonna do a presentation, we should have music. Well, if we're gonna have music, we should sell tickets. Next thing you know, and this is over Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. After Thanksgiving dinner, I wound up booking the Roseland, and and of course, I only had three months from the from Thanksgiving to January, whatever it was, for the music awards. Had no time. And I had no staff. I had no help. It was me and the Roseland stage crew. We did 13, 15 bands that first year, no sound check. Um, everybody, and, and I had Kelly Day from Coin News 6 was the co-host. And, um, and it, was, it, was, it was cool. It was crazy. Um, but that was the first year. It was just thrown together. And then finally we're like, all right, we're going to do this a little mm, more, yeah. little, little mm. more put together. More red carpety. And uh, so then we did. And I mean, like, you saw the red carpet at the Crystal. I mean, we had we brought out lights that were like four times too big, and it just lit up the sidewalk. It made oh, yeah, it look right. made it look ones. like something was actually <laughs> happening. Yeah. And uh, plus, we had meeting room upstairs, and it kind of took on its own animal. So, what I haven't been able to talk about for years is what happened to the Music Awards. Is after six, seven years, I sold it to Dick Clark Productions. Okay. So I sold them on the idea that, and I identified four other events around the country. I said, you know, you because Dick Clark. The productions owned the American Music Awards, which is really just a BS TV show. You know, they yeah. public voting mm-hmm. and whatever else, which is all ours was, the BS award show that people voted on. And uh, so I said, well, you know, if you buy our event and the others, then you could turn them into regional American Music Awards and you'll increase your brand and your, you know, visibility and whatever else. And they love the idea because, like, you can't do a regional Oscar, but they actually have regional Emmy Awards. Like yeah, you can, right. if you win mm-hmm. an Emmy, oh, you yeah. got to pick it up in Seattle. You don't get to go to L.A. Yeah, um, and they had that all over the country. So we sort of sold them on the Emmy model, and they loved it. And then three months, uh, like two months after we, they bought it, Dick Clark died, 
and they restructured the company, and it was considered new business. They hadn't really gotten to it yet, so they put it aside. But they owned it for five years, and I wasn't really allowed to talk about it because it was up to them as to what it was going to be at the end of the day. And then finally, after five years, it reverted back to me, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, <laughs> like, I'm good. If, well, because if, rest- if, if we were going back and doing the AMAs, then it's a new product. Right. Similar but new. If I'm going to go back and do the music awards again, then I have to explain why we've been dark for five years. Yeah, and right. Plus, it was, I mean, it was a lost leader. The problem with that event was it was expensive to produce, and we had to give away so many tickets because if you're a nominee or or or, or right. a present presenter or, or whatever, that there just weren't enough tickets available to sell to make up the money, and it wasn't something that could generate a lot of sponsorship and whatever else. So I. I literally lost money every year. The only way I made my money back is when I sold it to Dick Clark. <laughs> he wrote me a big fat check, and it was like, okay, now we're happy. Back even, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so a uh, little, little bit of profit. Um, so, uh, so with this, so when I was a kid, I was in Boston for a couple of years, my high school years. And one of those years, I worked at Brigham's Ice Cream, which is an East Coast reference only. Uh-huh. And so he uh, pointed toward the, the bag in front of him. I'm kind of excited about this. She she has no idea, <laughs> um, but the uh, but it, working at that ice cream store was my favorite to this day my favorite job I've ever done and I've done a lot of really cool jobs, and uh, and so they one of the one summer that I was there they asked me to you know go downtown and be part of this scooper bowl, and I'm like I don't know what that is and they said just show up so we showed up and we I guess. Our company and a bunch of others donated ice cream, and then we would scoop it out and serve people. And at the time, there was like 200 people in a park downtown. Mm. It was, I mean, it was cool, but it wasn't like a big deal. Well, 37 years later, that thing's still going, and they get millions of people that go downtown Boston. It's the biggest event that happens in Boston all year long. Wow. Uh, They make millions of dollars, um, and it's owned by the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, which is uh, children's cancer research. And so it's a really neat thing. So... Uh, I have been wanting to do a couple of different things. This has been one of them, and uh, I might be doing a jazz festival coming up here in the next two, three years. Um, but aside from that, this is something I've wanted to do. I was just a little burnt out after the PMAs for all those years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, all right, finally we're going to do it. But I was supposed we we're going to partner with Boston, but their red tape was so thick. I mean, they're like, first you got to set up a nonprofit, uh, donate all your time, and then we get 100% of the proceeds. I'm like, wait a second. This thing costs 40000 to put on. Who's putting up that money? Well, you will. It's for charity. And I'm like, screw you. And I'm like, that is not how this is going to go down. Yeah. <laughs> and so finally, it was only recently that we finally just had to cut ties and, and do our own thing. So we had to rebrand. It became Scooper Fest. And uh, – but now we uh, – so we wanted to partner uh, with some local charities. So – and the interesting thing was we wanted to do Kids and Cows because we figured – the Kids Cancer was an homage to uh, Dana-Farber because mm-hmm. that's – we did steal the idea. They, do, they didn't create an ice cream festival concept. Right. But Scooper Fest uh, – Scooper Bowl in particular. So um, – but then we went and we talked to Providence and we talked – and they didn't like it. They said, uh, we don't feel like an all-you-can-eat ice cream festival matches up with our brand of health. And healthy oh, living. Okay. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, aren't you the guy responsible for bringing in money for your charity? What do you care? And I'm like, you're not producing. And you can it. only I'm technically like, eat so much ice cream. Like, or you can't. Right. You can only hold so much. Yeah. I feel like you're going to find out next week that that's not true for oh, some God. people because <laughs> <laughs> they're coming in with an agenda. I mean, there are people like with a battle plan as they show up to this thing. And then the other is going to be the Oregon Dairy Women. Which was interesting because I found out that there's not a one single nonprofit that benefits farmers in Oregon. 
And, and there's the Oregon Dairy Farmers Association, or ODFA, but they're like a lobbying organization. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not giving money to lobbyists. Yeah. So the Oregon Dairy Women is a nonprofit, mostly volunteers. I think they have one or two paid staff. Um, but they actually – so what I loved is they have a scholarship program that we're going to donate to that you have to be either a son or daughter of a farmer – or you've had to work on a farm for a certain amount of time, and then your major has to be in agriculture or some kind of whatever. So basically, to because the next generation is not super interested in farming, yeah. right? And uh, so this money, so the profits for the event will go to uh, the scholarship fund. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Great. Well, so how does the event actually work for people who want to? Go so to there's a so ba- they're buying a ticket uh, right now. The tickets are fifteen dollars for adults, ten dollars if you're under fourteen, and kids under two eat free. Okay. Uh, those prices are changing uh, later this week because we're going to stop pre-sales, and then it'll be 25 at the gate with $10 uh, for kids. Kids under two still eat free. Okay. You show up, you get a wristband, and the wristband lets you into two – and the entire, and this is in Pioneer Square. So the entire square is open to the public except for the ice cream tent, which you need the wristband to get into. Uh, and then underneath the tent, there will be a – Mountain of deliciousness. Uh, more scooped ice cream than you could shake a stick at. Uh, there's going to be Brothers Desserts out of Northern California we brought in. They have the most amazing chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwiches. And those are still covered with the wristband. Brownie ice cream sandwiches. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Portland Ice Cream Company, which has Future Pops right up on, um, on uh, Killingsworth, uh, makes gourmet popsicles. Uh, with like, and, and I just had one the other day. This actual fruit, like they actually just froze the fruit into the popsicle. It's weird, wow. oh, but they're amazing. Refreshing. And then, and like I said, and then he has this one—I forget the name of it—but he has this one flavor of ice cream, and it's literally fruity pebbles that he mashed up and put in the ice cream. And I'm nice. like. Mike, you didn't really work really hard at that recipe, did you? Yeah, and it's <laughs> probably going to be like fruity. super probably, popular. Yeah, yeah <laughs> of course it was. Right? Exactly. No, right? Exactly. And uh, so then we've got uh, Turkey Hill, which is kind of an East Coast brand. They're bringing in almost 750 gallons of ice cream uh, wow. themselves with five different flavors. But they're doing like the the heavy hitters, the the chocolate, the vanilla, yeah. the you know the the, yeah. the stuff that's going to go. So they gave us a ton of it. Um, and then we've got uh, 50 Licks, which is what's in the bag. What? Oh, my gosh. So Chad Drazen, who owns 50 Licks, uh, is bringing three flavors to the game. And so this, I'm assuming, should be Hood Strawberry. Yep, it says Hood yeah. Strawberry. So oh. he's got Hood Strawberry, and then he's got a soy sauce caramel, which I can't really tell you much about. But this one is something called Golden Milk. And I guess it's kind of like... Golden Milk? Golden Milk. It's kind of like a... Whoa. It's a... It is co- yellow. I'm colorblind, so that's not... I, yeah, it's it's yellow. Yeah, it's like a. It is. We're a little melted here, but. Uh, oh my gosh! Oh, thank you. It's like a curry yellow almost. Well, it's dairy yeah. free. It's gluten free. It's vegan. It's all that good stuff. All of that. Which Spread is the number here. one question I get asked all the time. Which is. What you, is it? It tastes like pumpkin and cream and lemon, like almost all together. I don't think there's pumpkin. Yeah, I would say lemon. Um, lemony. Never mind. It tastes more. Maybe it was like more of like a. I think Spiced it's. Uh, I think there's a coconut milk. Maybe that's mm. it. Mm-hmm. That's Holy it. Crap, oh, it's that's really good. good. Yeah. So and that's go- really licks. good. So that's golden milk. Fifty licks, which is on Burnside, and Ooh. they have a. They have one in. Um, uh, they have one right, on Clinton. The, the soy sauce. So this is soy sauce caramel. Sarah's making a mess. Oh my god, that is so weird. Soy sauce caramel. <laughs> 
it is soy it sauce. It tastes exactly caramel. like both of those I mean, things together, but it's not licks. gross. Fifty licks. And sorry for everybody listening. We're tasting ice cream. That's just yep. what's happening right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll narrate while you guys gob down there. Oh man, that one's. They're both good. That's amazing. And both these are all going to be there at Scream yeah. Fest. And uh, and unlimited portions, and not sample sizes. The, mm-hmm. They'll be full size. Oh my god! Scoop. So the way that it's so the two questions that we get asked a lot now they're tasting the hood strawberry, and it tastes exactly like fresh strawberries. So the two questions that we get asked are: A, are they going to be dairy free, vegan, blah blah blah, whatever mm-hmm. else? The answer is: Hello, this is Portland. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'd have no one showing up if we didn't. Um, and then the other: Do you guys want to claim one to nibble on? Um, I'm good right now. All right. Well, yeah. Sarah can. The golden milk one. That's what I think they're delicious. I just have to control how much I'll eat of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, the, that's a funny thing. I start an ice cream festival, and I'm lactose intolerant, so that works out really <laughs> but great. There's for clearly me. something for everybody, right? If you have this, yeah, the um, ones. And uh, so the um, uh, I lost my train of thought. So anyway, so you get you into the oh, so full size scoop. So the two questions they get asked is, are there going to be dairy free, gluten free, whatever else? Yes, uh-huh. of course. Uh, and then, like, and we are trying. We were trying to go for like 25 percent of the flavors, but it looks like it's going to be a lot more than that. Wow. Um, we'll have those. And then the other is, and I guess honestly, it was a naivete on my part because I'm not an ice cream expert. I didn't realize how many options there really were. Um, like uh, Cascade Glacier, we're going to have a mango sorbet and a marionberry sorbet that'll be there that are free of dairy and oh, and everything sorbets else. are wonderful. And with yeah. your ticket, you can try all of these as many times as you want over a nine-hour period. Wow. And uh, so 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. on July 20th and July 21st. Um, and the ticket's only good for one day because uh, who really wants to do two days of that? Right. Um, <laughs> or you can buy two tickets if you want to. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Is that, I'm not responsible for your medical bills. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and then it also gets you onto the 30-foot water slide. That'll be in the middle of Pioneer Square. And a water slide is cool in its own. It's epic when it's in the middle of Pioneer Square. Right. Wow. So uh, so we're going to have that there. And then we've got a live stage area that we're going to have. Mad Science is going to do shows, which it does uh, science entertainment for kids um, in the school systems and others. They're really cool. I Actually, weird story, but I used to own the first Mad Science franchise many years ago. Oh, weird. Um, my girlfriend kind of owned it. I had to buy it. For her kind of thing. And it was a long story. Um, (laughs) But But they'll uh, be there. But they'll be there. And then uh, Leapin' Louis Lichtenstein. I don't know if you were at the Music Awards. Uh, It's a guy who, he's like a cowboy, and he does these rope tricks. But he stands on this wobbly suitcase, and then he does, he throws like a 50, 60, 70 foot lasso. And of course, at the Crystal Ballroom, when he did it for us, for the Music Awards, he couldn't throw it behind him because all the equipment couldn't oh, throw right. him above him because of the lights. Oh, yeah. So somehow he's able to get the whole thing out in front of out him. Out over everybody. And then pull it back and drop it at his feet without hitting anybody. Wow. wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> so he's going to be there both days. And then uh, and then we've got, like, some team mascots. We've got uh, some local mayors and, and, and councilmen that are coming in. We've got uh, to do celebrity scooping. Uh, we've got uh, radio and TV personalities coming in. <coughs> Greg and Sarah. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so what's going to be – and they're not going to do much actual scooping. They'll just wave and whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I just want to go down the Don't want to get slide. your pretty little hands dirty. I understand. Uh, no, I think I think I'll hold the camera while you two go down the water slide together because there's two lanes. 
So you can go down at the same time. All right, Greg, I mean, I'm game if you water are. Slide. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, well, it's 30 feet long. I think it's 17 feet high. Oh, dang. And uh, But then there's a big pool of water at the end. So I'm just telling you, bring your towels. Uh, <laughs> and by then, hopefully, summer summer will have started by then. Right. It, what's Yeah, what's with that? I, I don't know what's going my on. My big thing was, because I'm, I'm from Boston, I don't like the heat that much. So I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be fine. like 200 degrees. And so what are we at, 60? I mean, it's weird. It is a little bizarre. But uh, anyway, so... It's uh, so it's going to be cool, and this is the first year uh, that we're doing it. Um, and you know, one of the big things was because uh, everyone's like, "Oh my God, it's going to be another fire fest, or it's going to be another taco festival." Fire fest? That'd be oh a yeah, pretty I stretch know, from... got and they're like, taco yeah. and they're like, "Well, how do you know you're not going to run out of ice cream?" And I'm like, "Because I could do math." <laughs> and I'm like, I know how many tickets I have sold. Right. And, how many are available and, versus how much I spend. Well, and then you assume that everyone's that the average person is going to eat five to six scoops of ice cream, five to six servings. And then you multiply that. And then you take that amount and then add 25%. Right. And then should we and need to get ice more cream ice cream? Then should we need to get more ice cream? We can go buy it if buy we Buy more to. ice cream, yeah. And you're it, in downtown Portland. Well, so it's perfect. well like, actually, at Smart Food Services, you can actually buy – um, Tillamook and Cascade Glacier ice cream in three gallon containers, which wow. I didn't even know you could do that. So, so you no won't chance. run out of ice cream. Won't run out of ice um, cream. And it's $15 to buy right now. Yep. At uh, scooperfest.com. 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 And that's coming up next weekend. So next it's going to be Saturday and Sunday. The 20th and the 21st of July. Yep. And, uh, and, and we'll be down there. We're down there for, uh, what are we going down for? Saturday. Sarah, you're in charge of this. I don't know, one of the days. <laughs> one of the days. We're going to be down oh, there. I think, the, I think the Saturday. The Saturday. Saturday. Okay. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, we'll let everybody know. So if everybody wants, uh, Sarah and Greg have a pair of tickets to give away. <gasps> nice. Oh, so we'll do that today. We'll do that this, af- this afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, oh, that is and go awesome. From there. And, uh, and I appreciate it. Hell oh, yeah. Well, Craig, this is awesome. And, uh, and thanks for coming in to talk about this. So can this be for yeah. either day? Yep. Awesome. Sweet. Right, cool. Okay, well, we'll, thank we'll you have for a contest. Are you taking the ice cream? No, it's for you guys. <laughs> Lactose okay. intolerant. Oh, yeah. I have to leave, but you have to save some of this. Maybe. Some of this, sir. Well, I'll Maybe save it in, in the in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that way it'll be a nice thing. You can eat it every day between now and then. Right? Just well, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's a little bit of a warm-up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Joey Chestnut <laughs> stretching out his stomach for, you know, the hot dog eating contest. Oh, that's, so, that's such a troubling visual. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> I did meet him, and he did talk about how he drinks, like how much water he drinks to stretch out his stomach, and I've never forgotten it because yeah, it was pretty gross. it's true. It. He's going to be a healthy older man. <laughs> 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 he won again this year, you guys. Well, uh, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Thank you so much Scooperfest. for coming in, Greg. Scooperfest.com. Greg, thank you. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. And... Uh, and yeah, I don't know where we go from there from ice cream. Can't go anywhere. Can't go anywhere. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. <laughs> Dot com.